had a text and yeah. from Ron Quint, and the uh, contract has been signed to have a North Region service nice. on Sunday, March 10th. Amen. Amen. And, uh, so we're excited, and so I know that wasn't on our four-month calendar, but on Sunday, March 10th, we're going to be at the uh, uh, Marriott in Woodland Hills and nice. Warner Center, and we'll be with the entire North Region, and we're really excited, especially for that service, because... We have three elder couples yeah. as candidates in the North Region, and uh, if everything goes well, we should be appointing three new elders on that Sunday. Of course, Amen. in Santa Clarita, we have Colin and Sonny Lee. Yeah. They're an amazing couple, and uh, so uh, please keep them and their family in their prayers. Uh, but that will be March 10th, and then in the Valley... It's Greg and Denise Lotane, yep. Nathan's yep. parents. Yep. And then in Santa Barbara, we have Jerry and Terry Lucera. Amen. And so please be praying about that, but that is now yep. a signed contract. And so on Sunday morning, March 10th, we're going to all gather together down there. And so that'll be an incredible time. Cool. Also wanted to, before we got in to the lesson, you may have noticed, as is in common in uh, Rick Warren's 40-day series, there's always mention of the salvation prayer or something to that effect. And so, uh, you know, we we do not subscribe to the doctrine that they believe, but we also believe that uh, God moves in uh, through many different people's uh, hearts and lives and what they're doing. And I always say reading spiritual books and using material like that is like eating chicken. You don't eat the bones, you just eat the meat. Okay, And so we need to be men of discernment, and so hopefully that didn't throw any of you off, but I at least want to make mention that. That that always comes up in his series. So Uh, We believe you need to repent of your sins and get baptized to get your sins forgiven. Pastor Ron? There you go. Read the Holy Book. Nice. So tonight we're going to talk about praying with confidence. And prayer is one of those things that I don't think there's too many of us that if we were to have like an expert class on prayer, that we would all go, oh, that's the class I'm going to go to because I am one of the most amazing prayers in the whole kingdom of God. It's always one of those areas that you feel like you can grow in. There's there's you know room to get closer to God. There's always room to have more faith. And there's just something about that realm of prayer where we can really lack confidence. And I think from the get-go, let me let me help you with something. Your confidence in prayer should never be from you know our belief that if we pray enough, we're going to get God convinced to do what He doesn't really want to do. You know, because then we feel like, I'm just trying to badger Him, but He doesn't really want to do it. Well, that's not very motivating. That may work in the human realm, but God, God can outweigh us all. But where our confidence in prayer comes from, it's not in our ability to convince God to do what He doesn't want to do, but in the exact opposite. Our confidence comes because He wants to do yeah. Amen. Okay. things for us. Yeah. And so we're not trying to convince Him against His will. We're just making a request 
to a Father who loves us. Yeah. And so the good news is it doesn't depend on us that our confidence comes from His character. Yeah. Okay? Really good. You know, one of the expressions that Jesus used when the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray, the first thing He said was, say, Father. Of course, we have no problem calling God our Father. We use that all the time. Jesus used that term more than 150 times when He spoke about His relationship to the Father. That was a common thing for Jesus to use. But in the entire rest of the Bible, that term was only used a few times. Jesus changed the way people prayed because before that time they looked at God as Master, as Lord, as Creator. Kind of the way you would think about if you're in the presence of a really powerful king. Oh wow, you have so much authority. You're just... Wow. Versus that relational term of affection. Abba is would be our equivalent of Papa or Daddy. It's like, you know, the first word that a Hebrew baby would learn. Like, you know, when Hunter, you know, says Papa one day, or Dada. That's like, you know, one of the first things they learn to say. Abba is that. And so when Jesus uses that word, it's purposeful. But the fact is, depending on what your relationship with your father is like, you either go, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Daddy, I get it. I'm I'm locked in. Or you go, I don't know about that. Yeah. You know, sometimes we feel like, well, I'd rather pray to a king than a God that resembles what I grew up with. Right. And we tend to give God the attributes of whatever our human male authority figure was. So if he's absent, we view God that way. If he's overbearing, we view God that way. If we could never make our dad happy, that's our view of God. And so you have to understand going into it, when we're talking about praying with confidence, not because of who we are, but because of God's character. And Jesus says, He's our Papa. He's our Dad. For some of us, we have to just wipe the canvas clean and say, all right, I'm going to let the Bible paint the true picture of who God really is. Mm -hmm. And you're going to hit emotional roadblocks at different points in time. And you say, what do I do with that? Well, you're going to have a choice. You're going to have a choice to let the Bible define who God really is. Or you can let your feelings define what you think. Now, fact is, it's not going to change anything about God, but it will change everything about your ability to pray with confidence. Yeah. And so, we have to be willing to trade in myths for the true God and Father. So, are you willing... Yeah. Yes. Amen. All right. Well, some of you are, and I hope to convince the rest of you by the end. Okay. So the first thing we're going to talk about: God is a caring Father. All right. It's that word, caring. And in Isaiah 49, verse 15, it says this: 
Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Of course, what's the answer to that? No. Moms love their kids, right? They can't forget. Why does he use that analogy? Because he's saying, hey, I remember even more. I care even more. You know, the fact is, nobody cares more for you than your Father in Heaven. Amen. Nobody. Nobody cares more about the details of your life. Nobody cares more about what makes you happy, what makes you sad, what happened yesterday, what's going to happen tomorrow. Nobody cares more for you than our Father in Heaven. And one of the great things, there's not a single thing that could ever happen that could make God stop caring about you. Mm-hmm. You see, and this is, this is one of those things that this is where you got to have the clean canvas. Because that's just not our human experience, right? we got people that care about us so we make them mad or we do something dumb. And then what happens to the caring concern? It can go away. But not with God. I love what Romans says. In Romans 8, Paul's talking. And he says this. Romans 8, verse 38-39. He says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Mm-hmm. What's the Bible saying? There's not a single thing you can ever do that can produce God not caring about you. Say, so what about a day when I sin a whole bunch? How about then? God cares for you just as much on that day as the day when you didn't sin. You go, I don't know about that one. Well, that's why our prayers need to depend on the character of God because there's nothing that can separate you from the love of Christ. Good days, bad days. Days where you had long prayers, days where you had no prayers. Days where you had a fit of rage. Days where you had perfect self-control. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. Amazing. Awesome. And so, you know, I want you to think about what, what is it right now that you're, that's on your heart? What are you worried about? You realize that God cares about every one of those details? Yeah, I frequently have people go, well, I'd love to get time, but I know you're so busy. And I'm like, listen, I'm just busy getting with people. That's what I do. I love getting with people. Mm-hmm. And there's that feeling like, well, I don't want to bug you with my problems. Mm. And sometimes we bring that into our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
God cares about whatever is on your heart, good or bad, small or large. There's no such thing that it's so teeny tiny, God doesn't care about that. So when you pray, you're entering the presence of a God that cares that deeply about you. Okay? Uh, Secondly, God is a consistent Father. Now, I I was blessed, and Mike too, uh, to grow up with a really consistent Father. Dad was very patient, very loving, very considerate. Uh, You know, his emotions just were, were very steady. So you're never wondering, like, when Dad came home from work, What's he going to be like? Is he going to be mad today? Is he going to be happy? What's it going to be like? Now, we're blessed to have a dad that was just really, really consistent. You could always count on him in that way. But I know that not everybody had that. Some of us grew up in abusive situations. Some of us, we had no idea... Is it going to be happy dad or sad dad? Proud of me dad or angry with me dad? Involved dad or distant dad? And every day, you just really never knew what you were going to get. And so without letting the Bible paint an accurate picture of who God is, we bring that into our relationship with God. And we actually think that we're not really sure what God we're going to be praying to today. Mm-hmm. Now sometimes, uh, you know, we look at the Old Testament and then we think God became a, new, uh, a, a Christian in the New Testament. You know, God was really vengeful in the Old Testament and then in the New Testament He became really loving. Um, God was the same all the way through. His character is consistent. Mm-hmm. Like there are more stories of mercy in the Old Testament than in the New Testament. Yeah. But we think, oh, you know, God's probably happy with me today because I lived a pretty good day. But I sinned and He's up there. He's got one more lightning bolt in His hand. <laughs> and if I sin one more time, that's it. I, he's going to get me. Like, how are you going to pray with confidence if, if that's what you think of God? Yeah. Yeah. Malachi 3.6, he says, I do not change. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a great verse? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, I am consistent. You can count on me all day, every day, early in the morning, late at night, after Carousel Ranch, God doesn't have a sore back. <laughs> he's not tired he's available he's a tenant he's locked in right there God is a consistent father you know inconsistent fathers produce insecure children an inconsistent God would produce insecure children. God is completely 
consistent. The issue is not God. The issue is what's our perception. Mm -hmm. And so if we don't view God as He truly is, then we bring our insecurities into prayer. And Chaz talked about this some on Sunday. That we feel like we ought to pray in a spiritual way. You know, growing up as a kid, I thought, well, it was more spiritual to pray with King James English. <laughs> like, holiest Father, Thou art amazing. Instead of just going, Dad, it's just great to speak to you. Like, prayer is just conversation. But we feel like there's got to be a, a right way to do it. You ever prayed a prayer that was just a total lie? You say, oh, no, we never do that. Really? You go, God, it's just so good to pray to you right now. It's just so awesome to be a Christian. But inside you're like, I am so mad at you, God, because I feel like I got a raw deal. This happened at work. This happened in life. This person treated me this way, and I am ticked off. But you don't say that. You go, God, it's so great to pray. That's not an honest prayer. Yeah. <coughs> that's a fake prayer that's a deceitful prayer and you, you, you may be saying well I'm trying to say the right words why? so God will be happy with me why does it matter? well because we bring our wrong thinking in that if I say a prayer that isn't the right spiritual prayer then God's going to be upset with me so I better say the words that is going to make God happy you ever tempted to do that at work or at school or whatever? You're in trouble over something? So what's the first answer? What's the thing that's going to get me out of trouble? What's the answer you want me to give? That is not how we're supposed to pray. That's not an honest conversation with God. Read the Psalms. The Psalms are a great training ground yeah. for prayer. Yeah. I mean, you got David going, God, why don't you kill my enemies? Then you got days where he's going, oh, my soul, why are you downcast? I call that one the demon of no good reason. He's like, I'm really bummed out and I don't even have a reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, David's just all over the place. And God said, there's a man after my own heart. Because mm -hmm. he was honest in his conversation mm -hmm. with God. You see, when you know you're praying to an unchanging God then you can just spill the beans. You can just have an honest conversation. Because there's no fear of, wow, I'm not sure what I'm going to receive. You know what you're going to receive. You're going to receive a perfect God who cares about every intimate detail of your life. Yeah. And so when you see the consistency there, it changes in your confidence to pray. Not because who you are, not because how the day is gone, but in his character. You see where yeah. we're going? Okay. Um, thirdly, God is a close father. He's emotionally close. He's aware. He's attentive. He's present in your life. He's not a God who's far off. You say, what do you think about that one? You ever pray to prayer as if you know God is somewhere else? 
Yes, good to pray with passion, but sometimes we're yelling loud because we're we're praying to a God who we think is like way over there. Mm, yeah. Like you wouldn't have a conversation with your friend who's standing right next to you. Yeah. Reese! <laughs> uh, can you open the door in here? Because it's like a Russian sauna in here right now. Yeah, please. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> You'd be like, um... Uh, I'm right here, Ron. You don't need to yell. You know, I think sometimes God's like, you know, we're like yelling, and God's like, yeah, I'm right here. But what's your view of God's presence in your life? Uh, go to Hebrews chapter 13. Come on, Ron. Oh, that feels better. Thanks for you. Thanks! Anything for you. That's awesome. People on the thing are like, why are you yelling? Hebrews 13, verse 5. Listen to this. It says, God has said, Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Never! You any days in the last week or month where never needed to be used in your life? You know, if you're like me, you don't have any problem connecting with the presence of God when the blessings are flowing, right? Oh yeah, God. We're tight. I mean, look at all these blessings. Why is it sometimes God is distant whenever bad things are going on? Okay? Um, But that's that's our own thinking. Look at Psalm 27. Psalm 27, verse 10. He says, Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. That even if those that are, that are supposed to be closest to me aren't connected with me, I can go to God. He's never too busy. You can walk right on in there and deal with Him. And have that conversation. Morning, noon, or night. Now you can pray any time of day. And, uh, you know, I think about what Jesus tells His followers in Matthew 7 and verse 11. He says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in Heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? God loves, get this, to meet your needs. God's never too busy and God loves to meet your needs. Sometimes it's easy to believe God wants to meet other people's needs. But what do you think about your needs? God loves to meet your needs. Needs. In Psalm 34, verse 18, we see another uh, thing about God and his character. In chapter 34, verse 18, it says this The Lord, get this, is close to the brokenhearted. 
and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Close to the brokenhearted. That means he's sympathetic to your hurts. You know, most of the time, as men, what we're taught is that to be manly means you're not supposed to hurt, you're not supposed to feel pain, you're not supposed to be sad, and maybe your father said, hey, get over it. Be a man. Toughen up. Grow up. Because we think that's right. That's yeah. to be manly, right? And then, then we get into marriage and we're like, oh, we do have emotions. But my whole life I was supposed to not deal with them. Um, God wants us to grow into the image of His Son, but when we're hurting, God feels it along with us. And if you're like me, I tend to make superheroes out of all Bible characters. Mm-hmm. And so I read stories about them and I go, yeah, but those men and women, they were so awesome. But I kind of view myself in a different category. Mm. And so we kind of, oh yeah, but here, but here's my situation. So God looks at you and when you hurt, He feels it along with you. Mm. He does not sit around with his arms folded going, why can't you be more faithful? What is your deal? He wraps his arms around you and he says, I'm right here with you. That's who I am. He's a close father. You know, God that's close to you, isn't it easy to communicate with them? Yeah. Your close friends, those are the ones that you can just like bear your soul and you can talk about anything, right? Because you know, hey, there's no condemnation. My close friends, they know the best, they know the worst. And it doesn't change how, how our relationship is. You see, a God who's that way, and you can pray with confidence before Him. And then, the fourth thing is that our God is a competent Father. You know what that means? He can handle anything. Mary said in Luke 1, anything is possible with God. Do you believe that? Okay, so here's your test. What's the biggest challenge that you face in your life right now? Is that anything for God? Because we limit God. You know why we limit God? Because we've experienced broken promises. Commitments that fell through. And this led to bitterness and disappointment and resentment. And so in some cases, we don't want to pray those scary prayers because you know what? How am I going to cope with the disappointment if God doesn't come through? So I'd rather just not pray it because now I don't risk anything. 
You see, we pray to a God where everything is possible. He spoke the universe into existence. Our problems are not a big deal to God. But they feel that way, don't they? Yeah. And one thing I love about God is that when when He works, He He never does just enough. Like, you know, Mike and I growing up, when uh, we were like junior high and high school, Friday night, my parents would usually go to have dinner with friends or a party or something. And so most of the time, we would go and have pizza. Mm -hmm. And we always tried to ask Dad for pizza money. Mm -hmm. Because a large pizza that we got at Pizza Hut was like $12.17. And if Mom was in charge of giving us the money, we would get (laughs) (laughs) $12.25. Dad would just give us the 20. And we're like, Because then we could take that and go to Twin Galaxies and play video games. And that lasted a long time back then. You know, 10 tokens for a dollar. Wouldn't even a quarter of a game back then. You know, so, yeah, we used to, like with Dad, we used to, if our car was running empty, we'd be like, um, Dad, can we drive your car tonight? And then we drive our car, and then he would have to take our car. Well, so then it would be empty with gas, uh-huh. and he would go fill it up. <laughs> but he wouldn't put five bucks in it. He would fill it up. Right? You're like that's awesome, right? That's like that's the way that's the way God is. God never says, okay, I'll give you just enough. It's like eating at the Felici house. Like, it's not, like you don't go to the Felici's and they hand you a plate that looks like some elegant French restaurant. You know, it's got like a green bean and like two little carrots and like a little design of a sauce and a piece of meat about that big. Now <laughs> oh, it's they, it's just like bam here, keep eating until you're full, and I do. <laughs> Ephesians three says this in verse twenty. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. According to His power that is at work within us, to Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. <coughs> so remember, what's that question? What's the biggest challenge you face? God says, even more! Whatever it is, even more. Immeasurably more. You cannot measure the more that God would do in that situation. The sin that you've tried to repent of five times, immeasurably more. The work situation, the family situation, immeasurably more. God is not a God that does just enough. 
you're not ever going to bring a situation to him. And he goes, man, I'd really love to help you, but that's just too much. You, you know, like when your kids are little and they kind of think because your dad you can fix anything. Mm-hmm. And then they have like some electronics toy that's like in 50 pieces. Yeah. And they're like, um, dad, can you fix this? <laughs> like, uh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, God never has that moment. Yeah. He's like, yeah, in fact, I'll improve it. I'll make it better. Immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. Don't limit God. Don't be afraid. Yeah. So God is caring. God is close. God is consistent and God is competent. Why can we be confident as we pray? It has nothing to do with us. But it has everything to do with who God is. Yeah. So let the Bible paint the true picture of who God is. Amen. And that God, we can confidently pray to Him. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be breaking into our, our groups. And here's the thing. Here's two things I want you to talk about. The first thing is, okay, we talked about God being caring, close, consistent, and competent. Which one of those four things matters most to you and why? Which one of those four descriptors of God matters most to you and why? And then the second thing is, what's the biggest challenge? What's the thing you're most afraid of? And share that with the group, and then end together in a group prayer. Okay? Yep. So, you got those two questions clear? Yep. All right, guys. Let's go ahead and break into our groups at this time and have an awesome discussion and then close out in a prayer. Great job, Ryan. Thank you.